welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hi everyone and welcome to today's podcast. This is episode two, which is effectively a continuation from last week's podcast about preparing for the recovery phase. Things are starting to change very quickly with salons in some countries or states reopening or at least having a date in the diary and actively planning for that day. And what is becoming very apparent is that salon owners and clients are all expecting changes in the salon experience, which will impact on the client, the team, and the business. On today's podcast, we'll be talking to another two industry leaders, Tina Black, who is a multi-salon and school owner in Michigan and Florida, and Liz at Salcido and Henry Monreal, owners of Salon Inc. in San Diego, to see what they're planning as they get ready to reopen. So my first guest is Tina Black, fellow podcaster, founder, and co-owner of Paul Mitchell Salons in Michigan and partner in four Paul Mitchell schools in Michigan and Florida. So welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you so much. I can't wait to get started on this. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a real pleasure. I wanted to have you on the podcast for a while. So I know you'll have a lot of great insights to add to our topic of conversation today. So, Tina, regardless of the country, state or city you're in, there will be a day when you reopen. So I wanted to talk to you as you know, co-owner of four salons and schools, etc. I wanted to talk to you about the forward planning that salon owners should be doing to enable a smooth reopening for when they do reopen. And what I've done is I've sort of bundled things into three different buckets. First of all, to talk about your legal obligations. Secondly, to talk about, you know, any changes that you might be putting in place for the client experience. And then thirdly, to talk about the uh, team experience. So that's the sort of, you know, map of the the ground we're going to cover on this call. Um, So, uh, you, you are at a advantage here because your husband, Brian, is an attorney. So in terms of the legal side of things, you should be um, you know, right up to speed with that. Uh, so from a legal perspective, um, have your state or federal authorities, have they put any specifics in place or do you anticipate that they might put anything in place that you have to adhere to? So you know, whether it's around things like opening hours or social distancing or that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, Anthony, I really hope they do. I mean, my background is in dentistry. So when I got into this industry, keeping things clean is very simple for me. And I always kind of wondered why things weren't a little bit cleaner in our salon world. So I'm actually really excited. I think with crisis comes opportunity. I do hope the state comes up with some standards so that we have a why behind the how. But I can guarantee you, Anthony, that we have, I've been talking with my team every single week, and we've been really developing a really great strategy because we want to make sure our guests feel really, really safe and comfortable. We have an opportunity to really elevate their experience. Definitely, definitely. So you've just explained a lot to me. I mean, I've been talking to you for a long time now, a few years. I had no idea your background was dentistry. Now, 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 I, now I understand the gleaming, you know, yeah. white, perfectly straight teeth. So, okay. What's, what's funny about that is when I went to school in the 80s, Anthony, so that gives away my age, is the year that I started, we weren't wearing gloves and masks. The wow. second year... That was when AIDS came out, the AIDS pandemic. And so that was when that came out. And they said, hey, by the way, you have to wear gloves and masks. I felt so weird with them on. I'm not going to lie. But then 14 years into dentistry, of course, you're going to wear a glove and a mask. Like you couldn't even imagine. And so if this this is our new normal, I think there could be a lot worse things. And, And by the way, we're in the process of making our own masks. Right now, we have one of our team members, grandmothers, making masks. So I think it's going to be a new accessory. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, <laughs> so, so you've had no, even though you're in different states, so that's interesting because mm-hmm. I know there's different laws in different states, but at the moment, there is no legal obligations that you're aware of, of any changes that people have to make. I mean, of course, that could change, but at this point in time, there is nothing. So 
Yeah, um, we have uh, we have really cool groups formed in our uh, in our states called Michigan Salon Owners Group and then Florida Salon Owners Group that I started. I was a founder of both those groups, so we actually really speak quite a bit. We just did a Zoom call with the Michigan Salon Owners and sharing some of our best practices. And so far, there has not been any announcements of any changes or shifts right now. Okay. All right. Good. So uh, internally, you said you've been talking with your you know your leadership team, etc. And you've been looking at the whole, uh, you know, client experience, et cetera. Uh, what are some of the things that you're working on putting in place or have already put in place for when you do uh, reopen? What are, what are some of the, you know, the key touch points that you think that salons should be thinking about? Yeah, Anthony, we've been meeting every single week since this started. We have had Zoom meetings in the past, so that was really nothing new for us, uh, but having motivational speakers, but also uh, me just sharing with them how I think this is going to be our new normal and kind of giving vision planning. And then listening to Robert and Mary Cromines on your podcast really opened up my eyes to Anthony to say, hey, we really need to get something in place. And I believe people support what they help to create. So me being the owner just visioneering this and then allowing them to run with it. So what we did is we divided our teams out all voluntary basis. We took our leadership team and they are leading three different groups. One is called the sanitation team. So whoever wanted to lead that and then any of the team members that wanted to join that. The other one is the create magic team. And then we have, which is the stepping up our extraordinary service to our guests and our team. And the third one is the grand opening team to really uh, make sure we're celebrating our teams coming back and also celebrating our guests. So it's been actually kind of a lot of fun. And I would say every Every single team member has joined one of the teams and right. they just created it. So it's hot off the press. And I'm imagining that maybe some of these things will shift, but we're going to move really slow. We're going to stick with the plan and go with the flow. That's our motto right now, Anthony, to make sure that we you know, are really creating the best experience that we can. And and just kind of a case in point, the sanitation team, I mean, just yesterday, hot off the press, they met and gave me a list of over 12 things already that they're going to work on. And one of the things is just making sure we have a thing called the 10-step program anyway, from cleaning from the front to the back. Yeah. But every hour, they're going to come up with a system. So it's the same system written down touch point so that it's a no-brainer. So the whether we call it the concierge team, now we have a time to recreate things, Anthony, which I'm excited. We can rename anything we want. And yeah. again, allowing our team to do that. So whether it's the concierge team, service team, we are going to shift the way that we are structuring and our clients and extending our hours and our days immediately right away. So everybody's on board with that of not double booking the first 30 to 60 days and reevaluating every single week, Anthony, to make sure that we're doing okay financially as a team, really checking those numbers, seeing how everybody is holding up, how everybody's doing. Because the last thing I want to do is have them overworked too at the same time. I've got to keep my eye on the prize here. And that's my team to make yeah. sure that they're okay and, and that they're feeling safe as yeah. well. Uh, have you have you done anything about, or are you anticipating doing anything about about social distancing? I mean, I haven't seen the inside of your salons, mm -hmm. so I don't know space wise how they work. Is that something that you're thinking, um, you know, is going to be necessary, or do you think that's overkill? Like once this is over, it's over. Yeah, no, we're going to do that right away. We've already talked about that, making sure they're six feet apart as well, too. And I'm uh, pretty blessed because one of our salons is a brand, a newer salon, just a couple of years old. And we actually have nine chairs in there, but only four stylists. So they'll all still be able to work their same hours because they can spread out their clients, obviously, with the nine chairs in there. So they have they have the luck of, of the entire uh, place. But the two salons in Michigan, we are going to shift the stations and move them. We are thinking about potentially plexiglass, just like I've been seeing in the public's grocery stores down here in yeah. Florida. Uh, we're thinking about potentially doing that, just kind of keeping that on the back burner, have kind of a list of things maybe in the future that we might want to do as well too. But shifting take home, uh, one of the biggest things we want to do, Anthony, because I'm thinking, you know, because I'm from a dental background, so I like to keep everything sterile and sanitized. So I'm excited about this. My staff knows I'm getting a little bit too excited because I, I don't like clutter. I mm -hmm. don't like things that aren't supposed to be inside 
of a salon that makes it look like a home. I want, I want it to look like not, not a clinic, but you know, somewhere on that line. That's why I love our Paul Mitchell schools because they're that way. There's not a lot of clutter. The branding's incredible. So eliminating anything we don't use on a guest. So if yeah. there's pillows, rugs, anything in there that's cutesy that we've had in our salons, now now we'll just get rid of them because of the sanitation issue with that. Because we have to think about with couches that we need to wipe those down in between guests. And first couple of weeks, they're not going to be too too upset about cleaning it. But after two weeks, Anthony, we all know they're going to be over it. And so we may want to rethink the client seating. And and immediately what we're going to do the first 30, 60 days is have them wait in their car until their appointment. And we're actually talking about doing some FaceTime consultations as well. So kind of trying on something new there, uh, having our concierge who is checking them and getting them to their station getting them ready for the stylist. But I'm excited about this because I feel like they're going to have a lot more time to spend with them. I think average tickets are going to go up. We're not changing our prices at all. We've decided immediately that nothing changes right Mm -hmm. now. We're going to reevaluate the business and the structure every single week. Continue to meet with the team. How are you doing? How Uh, is it going? Let's look at Uh, the numbers. (laughs) Are you keeping the appointment times the same? No, we were totally spreading them out. See, Anthony, we this is the type of salon we've always been is they all work together in the past. This is before crisis, uh, only four days a week because Tuesdays we've been closed for team meetings and education. Mm-hmm. And so we were only Wednesday through Saturday. So everyone was scheduled 35 to 40 hours per week and double book everybody. And so we're shifting all of that. We're spreading out the hours. So they're going to work Tuesday through Saturday now and some Mondays as well. And But we're also extending the hours. We're starting an hour earlier and staying an hour later. So we're actually moving those appointments. So there'll be absolutely no double booking happening. Most of the stylists will be able to start and finish all of their guests by themselves for the first 30 to 60 days. And again, we're just going to reevaluate yeah. everything on a weekly basis. And, and hopefully we'll be able to get back to that. But I think uh, going back, I said, make, make America clean again, right? <laughs> make our salons <laughs> clean again. Because these, I'm a school owner and I understand the sanitation, the infection control that needs to happen because that's what we train our future professionals. Mm-hmm. And then something happens along the way, Anthony, where all of a sudden the mindset shifts. The state board isn't really on you in the salon world at all. Not like they are in the school. Trust me, I know because they're always on me and always checking. And our future prof- our students and our schools, when they take their state board tests, they have to really understand infection control. That's how you pass your right. board. So it's really everything we've been taught and making sure everything is in a closed container and things that I've always wanted done, Anthony. So from the wax station, but again, people support what they help to create. And so me being as the owner coming in and saying, you know, we should be doing this, this, and this. Well, now they see the why because the why is pretty big right now. And they, they have bought in. Yeah. Big time, big time. So it's given you a chance to put in a lot of the things that you always wanted to. Yeah. Yes. I, I think there's a really key word that you said uh, more than once there was reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, that you need to go into this with a plan. Um, I mean, I talk to some people and it's sort of almost like they're taking a sledgehammer to their salon. And I'm like saying to them, you know what, just no. calm down a little bit here. Yeah. You know, do what you need to do and keep reevaluating this. You can easily do more, but it's difficult to come back, you know. So, yes. um, you know, it, it, it's it's like, you know, have a plan for the first week and then have a plan for the first month and be constantly, you know, engaging with, with staff and clients to be reevaluating and seeing what's working and what isn't working. Uh, wh- what about those practical things like, you know, glasses and cups, et cetera? I know people that are getting rid of glasses and cups and they're going over to paper cups, et cetera. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts about that? 
I actually brought this up to the team. Uh, our Naples, Florida salon, we already have a dishwasher. And so it's already, that's our newest salon. And so yeah. our new model and our salons will all have dishwashers anyway. And so as we, we are actually remodeling one of the salons right now as we speak. And so we'll be putting in a dishwasher. But in that case, we will, we are going to go to paper cups. I asked them, what do you want to do? It's up to you guys. I'm leaving it to you. I'll even buy, go back to plastic bottles again, if you guys want to go back to that route. And they said, no, let's keep our apps of pure. Uh, we have an absolute pure uh, station with water and let's just go ahead and just use the uh, the cups and, and for the coffee as well too since they can't they've been washing those by hand of course and and so they felt more comfortable with that and again I think it just goes back to you know allowing your team to make the decision because people it's not that people don't like change they just don't like being changed and so as the owner just me giving them that ability to yeah. create their environment right now. Yeah. And they come up with the best ideas. Like I said, right. I have a list that's huge right now. And I'm just so proud of Good. them. Good. Well, that sounds very exciting. Uh, wh what about congestion points at the front desk? Uh, you mentioned a minute ago about getting clients to text when they arrive and you'll get them to stay in their car until you want them in the salon. Um, yes. uh, uh, so I want you to talk a little bit about why you're doing that. And, um, and uh, are you doing anything else around the reception desk, you know, to get rid of the reception desk, for example, to avoid any congestion <laughs> points? Or is that one of those things that you think is overkill? You know, what's really funny about this, Anthony, I have never wanted a front desk. My team knows this. They know I've been completely against it. In fact, we even tried it on in our third salon that we just built two years yeah. ago. And somehow, some way, they went and bought a desk and there was this little desk up there. And they did the same thing with our other salon in Michigan. And so they actually reduced, they went from a big desk, Anthony, to a little desk. So, yeah. so we're getting there. We're getting there. Because I was trying to do just a podium, right? But they weren't buying into the why, but now they have seen it. So what we're still going to probably keep the desk there, you know, the little desk, but it's only going to be one person in charge of it. So the way we do it, Anthony, in our salons is our team, all of our teams are taught how to run the desk. They're called the concierge team or the service desk team. And, yeah. and now is the time where we can recreate the names, whatever we want to call ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of them also assisting, instead of assisting because the stylists will be taking care of their own guests, They'll just be checking in the clients. So they'll be the only point of contact, but they're also going to check them in at the chair. Right before all this happened, we you, we were coached by you on retail. Remember this? I do, do you know remember. Why, yeah. Do you know why we increased our retail sales? Because of what Robert Cromings has been telling us for years, what you told us is you've got to do it before the cape comes off. Because mm. psychologically, when that cape comes off, they are done. Yeah. They're off for their Left next the thing. Yeah. And right now, our clients are going to be busy. And we've got to be really careful about that too. So we want to make sure that we're being really efficient. And yeah. I've always wanted to check out at the station anyway. Good. And so we're going to actually shift our retail area. We're going to move it a little bit. And we have some ideas of packaging the product and, and adding it in to the menu. So for instance, in the first 30 to 60 days, uh, having like a limited menu, let's say cut color conditioning treatment, slash, um, you know, product, and maybe it's, you know, already packaged. And Robert taught us this years ago, add it into the service, right? The take home package. And so now all of a sudden, the why got big and the how is really easy. And that way, they're not having to, it's already beautifully packaged, it's ready to go out the door, having the stylists have their own product at their stations, so that they can just take care of it and wash it in between their guests, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of having a product cart where everybody's hands are all sure, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, yeah. I recognize it's going to be more of an investment on our part, but I believe it's going to be more extraordinary service. We're going to really be able to step up our service for our guests. But kind of going back to what you were saying, Anthony, is we're going to actually have a new extraordinary service policy. So when, as far as our grand opening team and our Create Magic team, their idea was when the guest comes in to have a love note for them, thanking them for their business, a handwritten love note, plus a letter stating 
our new written extraordinary service policies to protect you and your families. And so we're going to have a whole list of everything that we're doing from we're going to be wearing masks, uh, we're going to be wearing gloves, learning how to sanitize those, what that looks like. Because again, being in dentistry, I love, uh, I just saw a video with Gene and Dean Foster, who are really amazing in this industry. He's a doctor and, and he was teaching people how to clean their masks because wearing a mask, yeah, that's great, but you can't keep touching it. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of like you walk into these CVS stores and you see people with gloves mm-hmm. and it's just the same thing as their hands because they're touching everybody else. They're not replacing the gloves yeah, in between yeah. their clients, right? So, so are you saying to me that if I walk into one of your salons that all the staff are going to have a mask on from now on going forward? That's the plan. Now, I had to get them to buy into it. And I noticed the other day uh, when we were uh, talking on our Zoom call, I kind of mentioned it. And they they seemed a little bit... I could tell in their nonverbals because looking at them on Zoom that they were like, Oh, I didn't realize we we're going to do this. Right. And mm. uh, so then I just, I was real gentle. Like if you don't want to wear them, whatever you guys think, I just want you to make sure that you feel comfortable. It's, I am never going to force this upon you at all. But if you think that it's going to protect you and it's big, be good for your clients and quite frankly, and then my daughter, who's my partner, Brianna spoke up and said, when she goes into the grocery store, she said she feels a lot more comfortable when she's walking next to somebody that has a mask on. Yeah, and, yeah. and I do too, quite frankly. And it's not a big deal to me because I did it for so many years, but I think it'll be even more fun because we're going to have homemade colorful masks that are being made by one of our, uh, one of our uh, stylist grandmother. So we're kind of right. excited Good. about that. Yeah, sounds exciting. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, we need to, we need to start talking about the team experience. So mm-hmm. a lot of those things are, I mean, a lot of those things cross over between the team and the, uh, and the clients, but um, in terms of, you know, uh, reopening as a salon owner, what are you thinking about, I mean, you've you've talked a lot about the client experience. Now we need to look after them. Um, in terms of just thinking about your team, what are some of the things that you're thinking? Okay, uh, this is what we need to do so that when we reopen, we've got everyone on board and they're focused and they understand, you know, what the new normal is going to be, etc. So, talk, talk to us about some of the things that you've got in place around that. Yeah, you know, we've already been doing it constant check ins, but we have a system right now that that we've been talking about with our create magic team is looking for the one man down and coming to the rescue. And so we saw that a couple of our stylists have been really struggling through this process. And so sending them digital love notes and just really working with them as well and just letting them know, you know, how much we care about them. And so especially the salon leaders. And then when they come back, they want to make sure in place we've done this quite often is scheduling the team outings, but making sure that they are set in stone and scheduled to make sure that we're spending time with each other and just really those check-ins as well too. We have good structure for communication anyway, but I think me as the owner, Brianna as one of the owners, and then our other owners is them just really constantly checking in and seeing how they are doing as well too. And then continuing our our Zoom meetings and in-person meetings, but sprinkling in, we started sprinkling in some really amazing guest speakers. So hopefully you will be one of our guest speakers because we read your books. We do a lot of Mm. uh, books, masterminds. We've done all of your books, Anthony, by the way. So they would be delighted if you would be a live speaker for them as well. And I think just create thinking of ways to create magic more for our team. We're going to have a big poster in the back to be able to celebrate them. The other idea, we've been doing bingo cards that was inspired oh, by you good. as well. And we've been doing bingo cards and a lot of them have finished them. And so we're going to have gift cards ready for them as a gift at their station. Love notes at everyone's station, welcoming, welcoming them back as well too. So just for, for the most part, Anthony, just really keeping our eye on our team and making sure that they're okay and they're feeling comfortable. Yeah. Did you have things in place uh, like hand sanitizer before? Were they something that you already had or is, was that sort of something that you bought in over the last month or so? Yeah, our team bought in over the last month or so, but then of course they couldn't find it anymore. So, but now yeah. that Paul Mitchell is making hand sanitizer, yeah. maybe we'll be able to start purchasing those. But uh, kind of going back, uh, making sure that uh, we have barbicide jars at every station, they're barbicide 
certificates at the station that they took the course as well. And also making sure that every single station has sanitizer there. Every single station also has the Lysol cleaning wipes that they have. They have the Barberside wipes uh, for the stations and for the tools now too. So we're kind of getting excited about some of the opportunity that we already have in place that was put in place prior to the crisis. Okay. And, um, and so going forward, I, I think that hand sanitizer is going to be one of those things and it's just going to mm-hmm. be, it's just going to be, it's always there now. It's going to be yes. in every salon and, and it should be, you know, I think it'll just be the new benchmark. Like if you do nothing else, when you reopen, make sure you've got hand sanitizer at the front desk, make sure you've got it at different yeah. workstations around the salon, you know, for clients and, and for staff. Um, you, you've talked a lot about uh, having zoom meetings and stuff with your team um, to get them enrolled on all this. Are you going to have like an open day, like a relaunch day um, before you open for clients? with your team to do any sort of training and to celebrate the salon reopening. Have you got anything planned like that? Well, the plan is that they're supposedly allowing us back in in May on May 3rd, but of course that could change. That could shift as it has already quite a few times. But so with that being said, the first day back will be without guests. And so that we can, you know, celebrate them, give them their gifts and to be able to walk through our new brand new 10 or it might be a 12 step program, we call it, which is basically from front to back of what the expectations are just so that they can feel more comfortable and just to celebrate them and to see everybody in person. Because as you know, Zoom is, is great, but it's not the same thing as being able to see each other and give each other a hug. I think there's going to be a new hugs. I'm not real sure how this is yeah. going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Well, I, I know we need to uh, start wrapping up, but you've been an absolutely mine of information. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, uniforms. Are your team wearing uniforms to work? No, they all just wear black. Everybody wears black, white, or gray, basically. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be as usual. Yeah. Uh, whatever they normally wear. So that yeah. won't shift or well, anything see, unless they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting what you said with like, you know, working in dentistry before. Yeah. You, I would imagine, now I'm just assuming that you would not see someone who worked in dentistry wearing their work clothes on the train. Do you know what I mean? It's so funny. They would come to yeah, work when and they I would got... get changed. And, and I'm, so I'm curious about how salons are going to handle that because I know at least one salon that is saying to his staff, that uh, when we reopen, if you come to work by car, you can wear your, your work clothes. But if you come via public transport, you need to have a complete change of clothes when you get to the salon. And I thought that was interesting. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting how different salons are handling that. What, what, what are you doing around that issue? Yeah, we don't, we, everyone has their own car in Michigan and Florida. So we don't have that. We're not in big cities. So we yeah. don't have that challenge at all. But it's funny you said that because 21 plus years ago, when I got into this industry, when I first bought my first school, everyone wore purple. Yeah, purple cape. So when I okay. bought the school and I'm like, yeah. let's get rid of the purple. And I, at least I had fortitude back then and we changed it to the black. But then eventually it became a palmetto school and they allowed you to wear street clothes as long as they were black at that okay. time, professional yeah. and black. And so we changed it. But you never know. Maybe it'll go back to the black smocks again. Who knows? And uh, we might be doing that, which wouldn't be any news to me. But if that's something that our team, if my team came to me and they all said their consensus was to do it, I'll buy them. Whatever will make you feel safe because sure. I want you to feel safe when you are there. And we want everyone to feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, Tina Black, I would love to continue <laughs> talking to you, but we have run out of time. Uh, I want to thank you so much for, you know, jumping on the call today. And, uh, you know, people are starting to, to sort of hopefully see the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, imagining that they will reopen in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or whatever. And, uh, it's important that they do plan ahead and and not just open and think it's business as usual because um, I, I think that there will definitely be changes. And as salon owners, you've got some downtime now, so it's important to consider what those changes might be. So thank you for sharing your wealth of information and advice. And I know a lot of people uh, will take away from stuff some stuff from that that they can definitely implement in their salon. So Tina Black, thank you so much for being on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. 
Thank you, Anthony. And I'm excited to hear everybody else's ideas as well, too, that they have, because I know we'll implement them with us as well, too. So thank, thanks for having me. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. So my final guest is Henry and Liz, owners of Salon Inc. in San Diego, California. Welcome to the show, Henry and Liz. Thank you for having us, Anthony. We are so happy to be here and, and be able to join you today. Great. I'm really happy to have the opportunity to talk to you about because I know you've got an interesting salon and you've got a lot of experience there. And uh, I'm sure people can uh, get some benefit from, um, you know, what your experience is and what some of the things are that you're going to be implementing. So, um, Henry, Liz, regardless of the country or state or city that you're in, there will be a day when you reopen. So that's what I want to talk to you about, the forward planning that salon owners should be doing to enable a smooth reopening for when they do actually open their doors again. So first of all, from a, a legal perspective, has your state or federal authorities, have they put any specifics in place that you have to adhere to for when you do eventually reopen? Um, we haven't heard anything specifically yet um, from our state. We're in California. Uh, we're we're going to be getting something down the line, I'm, I'm assuming, but up to this point, we have not heard anything yet. Okay. All right. So from, uh, you know, I, I know that you guys have had a, an, an interesting 2019, which we'll get a chance to tap touch on in a minute, because I think you learned a lot going through that process um, where, you know, you had to put a lot of work into sort of redesigning the salon, et cetera. This is, this is coming at it from a completely different perspective. Um, I think we all know that when we do reopen, that there'll be a, a sort of a gradual phase in, and uh, it's not like there's going to be some vaccine available from day one. So salons have got to use their own initiative. So could you, you talk to us about what are some of the things that, that you guys have put in place or anticipating putting, putting in place to uh, give the client a, a, a safe um, experience for when they do revisit Salon Inc. Well, first of all, Anthony, um, I think this this uh, experience that we're going through, that all of us are going through, has given us an opportunity to redream our dream. You know, it almost feels like we're restarting something that we already had in place. And you know, when we first opened our salon all of us have a dream and we're envisioning like, Oh, we're going to do this. And that's where the shampoo room is going to go. And that's where this is going to go. This has given us an opportunity to redream our dream again. We, yeah. we have thought about this and we think about it on a daily basis of what can we do? We obviously have to do something different. We cannot go back to the same thing. Mm. So there's been many things that we talk about, like having a, um, a station, a sterile sterilization station where we have, you know, the, the disposable mask for clients to also wear, you know, if they feel comfortable, but every stylist is definitely going to be wearing a mask. They will have disposable gloves. Uh, Henry and I had been uh, using our, you know, thinking cap and trying to figure out like, I know that we would clean every station every time it's used, but we looked into biodegradable bags that we cut up actually we actually did a demo on one where we cut it up on the sides and we put it over each station and you basically would just slip it right out after each guest and throw it in the in the garbage and they're disposable they're they're biodegradable so it wouldn't harm the earth okay and that was an idea that we had that would be so simple and easy yeah uh, Instead of like constantly barbiciding everything, we will do that as well. But I think this is a plus on top well, of what we, we are already going to do. So, so is that like a plastic type of bag or a paper bag or what is it? They're biodegradable plastic. So yeah. um, you know how you got, have grocery bags? Yeah. Where you put your groceries. Yeah. But these are made of uh, bio products. Okay. So they disintegrate. They don't uh, harm the earth. Yeah. And we found them for a really good deal and they fit right over a chair. All we would have to do is slit the sides and Perfect. they would go on every every chair. So it's almost so like the big the big sort of bag that you get your dry cleaning in. When you pick up your dry cleaning, it'd be a big thing like that that you would slip exactly. slip over the chair. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. And we just peel it right out after every guest that, that sits in it and uses the chair. 
Um, we've talked about having barbicide spray and wipes on every station. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the robes, that's something that we also have to rethink. I don't think we're going to be using the washable robes for a while because our guests uh, walk into robes right before every appointment. So we have to come up with also possible uh, biodegradable capes that okay. we can put on guests for, for the meantime until everything you know, yeah. calms down a little bit. Yeah, well, um, that's actually, that's what I'm asking people. Is, is this change, whatever the changes they're talking about, is mm-hmm. it something that you're envisaging as being a forever change or is it something you're envisaging as in we're going to do this for, say, a month or three months and then reassess? I think it's going to be a temporary change depending on how the experience of the guest is because yeah. at the end of the day, we don't want to ruin the guest experience because – Honestly, when you do go to a hair salon, you're, you're not going to get a great haircut. That should be expected or a great color service. Mm-hmm. That's an expectation when you walk in. I think clients that do visit salons like ours are going for the experience and the interaction and, and the personal touch that we were able to offer. So it's a really fine line because we do want clients to feel that they are being um, safe and it's everything sanitized and everything they're going to be in a safe environment, but we also don't want to limit their expectations and experience with that um, all the sanitation and new rules that we're going to be implementing. Yeah. It's a very tricky, tricky situation that we're going to all be in, but it's one that we need to adapt to because if not, you know, we're not going to have the same clientele base because people are going to be a little bit more aware of, of their surroundings and rightly so. Mm. With the, you said they're going to have masks. The staff are going to all have masks. Yeah. Uh, Are are you going to give the clients masks as well? Yes. We would like to have that offered to them. So if they feel comfortable to wear one, I think that would be a great thing. Um, Just because, I think it's extra protection. And then I think on their end, it would allow them to feel like extra, sure. you know, yeah. safe, safe in yeah. the environment. Okay. What, what, what about salon tools? What are you doing as far as that sort of thing goes? You know, dryers, scissors, combs, section clips, brushes. What, what sort of precautions or changes are going to be, you know, when you do reopen as far as tools go? Well, I think the, the great thing about our industry is we've always been an industry that's always used sanitation as a big key to how we do everyday business. You know, we all, every station has their barbicide. Every station has multiple clips, tools, shears, um, brushes, combs. They have multiple. So they're always being sanitized. So I think we have an advantage over other industries um, because we are already on top of the sanitation game. Um, It's not going to be something new for, for us. So maybe just by extra combs or brushes we have a ton of brushes we have a ton of that stuff so i don't think that's really gonna um have a big effect on us just because we already in that position you know Mm -hmm. previously we already practiced that in in your salon do you have a i mean i know some salons where they have like a a shared you know a drawer full of brushes or whatever and anyone just goes and grabs a brush from the drawer i know other salons where every stylist has got to have their own personal kit where are you with that? And are there any changes around that? We actually have both. Uh, the stylists have their own personal tools. Everything has been put in their cubbies. They uh, sanitize their own tools. They sanitize their own, uh, uh, anything that they touch, they sanitize on their own. Okay. Um, but as far as having a community bucket where we have, you know, brushes and yeah. combs and stuff like that we also have that in the back room, but that always stays stays immersed in barbicide. So if anything, anyone's going to use those, those are always completely sanitized at all times. So as soon as they're done with them, and if they're going to bring them back to the back, they go straight yeah. into the sink where we have assistants that clean them. They sanitize them and then they rewrap them. Right, rewrap them in yes in what we use uh, saran wrap. Saran wrap. Okay. Yes. Before so, so, every brush that's used, we wash, sanitize, and rewrap in a in a saran wrap type. Uh huh. Okay, and is that something you've already been doing? Yes. So that's not a you. You've been doing that 
regardless, it's not because of Okay, good. Okay. For our um, Australian and English audiences, Saram Rap is called uh, Kling Film in England and it's called Glad Rap in Australia. So, yes. you know, we all speak English, but we call the same thing <laughs> three different words. So just so they all know yes. what that's all about. Okay. Um, what, what about things like uh, cups, glasses, refreshments uh, uh, for clients? Any changes in that area? Well, I, I know that currently we do have, uh, we offer coffee and different types of beverages mm. and they're only one time use, you know, so they use them, we take them to the back and we, we, again, we wash them and we clean them and then we make sure that they're, they're disinfected. And just like if we would do dirty dishes at home, right. you know, we, we clean the dishes at the salon and, and they get back into the rotation. So yeah, yeah. We've already, again, we practice all of this already. So I think the changes are more going to be around the, the masks and that's going to be the difference. I think the mask and the, the chair and those type of things that we're going to try and implement. Sure. I mean, I know some salons, uh, where there's basically a kitchen sink in the staff room and you'll often go out there and there'll be a pile of coffee cups, you know, that haven't been washed and your client wants a coffee. I mean, this is the reality that happens in some in some salons. Your client wants a coffee. You grab a cup. You give it a quick rinse, a wipe with a tea towel, and give them a cup of coffee. Now, <laughs> those days are over. So it's, yes. it's you know, and it's interesting what you've said. I would be doing what you're doing. I, I would still want to provide clients with glasses and cups uh, personally, whereas I know a lot of other salons have gone straight to the disposable one-use thing. So they're only having cardboard, you know, cups and stuff. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. A lot of it comes down to personal preference. I'm just sort of, you know, my, my take on it is that I would still rather drink out of a proper cup um, if I was a client. Um, so I think that the onus is on the, the salon owner to make sure that the hygiene standards of what's happening in that back room, i.e., you know, dishwashers that are um, you know, making sure that, you know, whatever, whatever utensils clients are given have definitely been hygienically, you know, clean to the, to, to, to the highest standards that you would expect, you know, because not everyone's going to want to go to paper, you know, uh, cardboard cups or whatever. So I think you've got to find the balance there that works for you. Yeah. And that goes back to just for us, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to jip the client off for their experience. So like you said, there's nothing wrong with disposable cups at all. I mean, yeah. to each his own, but for us, we're not going to lower our standards yeah. because we're already at the point where we do are very hygienic as far as our um, instruments go and, and our cups and everything that we serve in. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so in, any other changes that the client's going to notice, you know, things like, um, uh, changes for appointment times or changes for opening hours or, um, you know, are you going to be taking the bill and the chair or at the front desk? Any, any little things you've thought about there that are going to be this uh, new world that people are going to experience? I think uh, for sure we are rethinking the paying system. We want to get something that we don't have to touch the client's uh, credit card. They can put it in and pull it out themselves mm -hmm. um, as far as possibly using. Um, I know the pin situation is also an issue. We yeah. actually sanitize our pins and we've been doing this before this happened, but we would take all our pins and get a Clorox wipe and wipe them down. Right. Um, if we stay with pins, we're going to continue to do that. But I'm sure there's a system somewhere where we don't have to touch. And I think the, the iPad signature, what might be an option for us where yeah. we could just wipe down the iPad after every touch. Yeah. Um, but we yeah. want to definitely look into a touchless system yeah. uh, for our guests. Okay. Uh, as yeah. far as appointments go, we are looking into single booking and I think we're going to have to do that in the beginning. We are a double book salon. Uh, okay. sometimes triple book salon, mm -hmm. uh, but mainly double book. And I believe that at this point, just to help the clients feel comfortable, we would have to pause that a little bit until we get back into the game, if that ever happens. But I think for now, the single booking is going to make uh, a difference for the client's comfort. Yeah. Okay. When it is time for you to reopen, will you get all the team in 
and do a, a sort of a, a, you know, that was then, this is now meeting as to from now on, this is how we do it. Yeah. What sort of things will you go over? I would love to do a mock meeting where we actually practice the new practice. And I think we have to do a mock meeting. I'm a very visual person. I love to learn visually. So I would love to do a walkthrough of when the guest walks in the door, where do we see them? How do we greet them? Where do we take them to mock the entire service so they can get a visual? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Any changes to staff uh, working hours? Any different shifts, anything like that? So as far as extra hours, I believe we are going to open up extra days because all the clients for March and April have been pushed. So we have to make that time for them. And we already spoke to our team about it. And they're so eager to come back that they're willing to work extra days and extra hours to accommodate all our guests. Great. Okay. So that's definitely something we're going to do. Yeah. Do you have a system in the salon where you have shared styling product? Like what do you have currently? Because I know a lot of salons that, you know, they'll have a, they'll have a trolley or whatever that has a whole lot of styling product on. And if you're a stylist and you want some, you go over and grab it, but then it goes back on the trolley. The next stylist can come along and grab it. I was going to ask you, how are you handling that sort of thing? Shared product. We actually don't have shared product. Every individual uh, stylist has their own product and actually it's labeled with their name on it. Okay. Because the way we do it is they work off of a commission. So whatever they bring in, that's what they get to shop with for their personal products on their station. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they have their own products. Everybody has anyway. their own products. Yeah. So there's and, no, yeah. no issue with no that. No share. Uh, what about uniforms? Do, do they have a uniform? Is there anything around that that you're going to be looking at? No, they don't have a uniform, but our dress code is, you know, the Paul Mitchell culture, black on black and splash of color. Um, But I don't think that uh, we're going to do anything in regards to that just because, again, we we already have a great culture with the black on black yeah sure yeah it's uh, it's uh, the hairdressing uniform basically isn't it yeah uh, for the sure world, the world over okay well <laughs> listen uh, we need to start wrapping up but you, you are in quite a unique situation in that i know that you were closed in 2019 for three months um so you're sort of uh you're, you're pros at, at, <laughs> at being closed and coming back again what sort of advice would you both give to you know, salon owners out there. I mean, unfortunately, you were closed for structural changes to your building, which had to happen unexpectedly. Um, and obviously, you had to sort of, you know, uh, manage that process and then get back in there and start again. And then you get hit with a second wave of COVID-19. Um, just tell us a little bit about some of the lessons you learned in that as to how you would uh, advise other people to deal with this, this sort of change, because you've been so, you know, uh, positive and optimistic about that what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you'd like to share with other people you know i think the biggest lesson that that we've learned is you know don't feel sorry for yourself you know get your bootstraps and and go back to work and refigure things out um the easiest thing to do is to give up you know if you have a dream and you want to go get it go after it no one's going to give it to you um it takes a lot of hard work it's not easy there's days where both liz and i were asking each other are we, should we still do this? And we, every day we would say yes, because a lot of people rely on us. Um, our family relies on us. We are winners and, and that's what it takes. It's not, there's no secret, you know, just like anything being successful, there's no secret to that. You got to work. You have to put the effort in and you have to put the time in, um, to get what you want, you know, and and if you try and sell it short, you won't get it. You're going to get what you put in. Yeah. So that's honestly. What what were the benefits that came out of your forced enclosure for three months last time when you reopened? What was the benefits that came from it? I think uh, when we had to rebuild our team, it really opened our eyes to who are the strong and who we wanted in our team. Because there were some people that gave up on us when we were at our lowest point. Mm. And that's the team that you don't want. You want the team that's going to stick with you when you're going through your hardest times. And we had a handful of those. And 
I think the biggest lessons for us is now we have an open eye of who really is in the game with, with all of us, the business part of it. And right now our team is so strong. It's small, but it's incredibly strong because they're the ones that went through it with us the first time. And now we're going through it again the second time and they're still holding on there. And I cannot appreciate them more. They're just amazing, amazing uh, young talent. They're, they're, They're there to win. And we're so excited to take them with us. But that was one of the biggest lessons. It's really looking and seeing who the true heroes are in situations. So big lessons. I mean, we, we, I can go on and I know we don't have time, Anthony, but there's so many lessons you can learn, you know, and since we've gone through it in a different way already, one, once around um, for three months, the difference was back then we, we were able to, you know, obviously keep an income and we were still in the salon environment. Yeah. This time we're completely paused. Yeah. So the only way we can keep our team motivated is obviously through videos and phone calls and checking up on them and, you know, making sure they're okay financially as well. If there's anything we can do to help them, Mm. uh, they're amazing. And we're so excited, like I said, to get back to uh, not the same, but the new, new. And uh, we, we cannot wait. And I know that this second experience, this second go around, has made us even stronger and more wanting this incredible, you know, the industry itself is just incredible. To me, that's what brings me back. I love our industry. I love what we do. And it's so amazing, the connections that we make with other humans. You don't realize how much you miss that. You know, just talking to you even right now and looking at you on the camera is like, oh, we get to talk to somebody. (laughs) You know, just, it's, it's, it's incredible what we do and the passion that we all have for it. Um, that's just bringing us back even stronger, wanting right. it so bad. Good. I, good. Okay. I, I, I think one more thing. I'm sorry, Anthony. I think this okay. is going to be a wonderful time for our entire industry worldwide to really add the value that it's been lacking from a lot of other industries. We're in such a, great place right now. And it's our turn to reshape the industry that we're in and really have people understand how valuable the hair industry is because we mean a lot to a lot of people, yeah, you know, well and we, we touch a lot of people's, not just hair, hearts, relationships, souls, and we impact a lot of people without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really great time to reinvent and really um, deposit our passion into the world. Good. Well said. Well said. And on that note, unfortunately, we have to start to wrap up. But Liz and Henry from Salon Inc. in San Diego, uh, good luck with uh, when you do reopen. Let, let's hope that you've certainly, you know, had a, had a rough 12 months, 18 months. And let's hope that you open and it's bigger and better and uh, a very bright future for you and all your clients and all your team at Salon Inc. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and wisdom today with our community on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Anthony. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. Cheers. And so that's it for today's podcast. I hope that there's been some practical action steps you can follow in your salons with your team and with your family and friends. Please share this podcast on your social media so that we get some positive information going on out there into the wider world. I'd like to say a special thank you to our guests today, Tina Black and Henry and Liz from Salon Inc. in San Diego. Until next week's podcast, please stay safe, wash your hands and make a choice to be a leader in these difficult times and care for those that you love and lead. I'm Anthony Whitaker and you've been listening to the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.